what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the instant replay podcast as always i'm your host dominic sharosky and got another great episode lined up for you all really happy to be back here friday just me just me this time uh no savion was here the last couple times he's not here today just me uh but that's all right that's all right that's all right Man, do I have a lot to talk about today, though. A lot going on in the uh, sports world right now. A lot of big things going on right now. Um, Most importantly, though, is the NFL. And that's just how we're... I'm going to let you all know right now. Nine times out of ten, that's probably how we're starting the show. We're talking football. Now, with that being said, as much as I want to jump right into... Last night's uh, game between the Buccaneers and the Bears. There's a lot of other stuff going on that we have to touch, that we have to talk about, that I have to uh, inform you all on. So, first things first. COVID. COVID has played a huge part in the sports world as well as our everyday lives. Um for quite some time now. And we're starting to see the effects of COVID start to play its hand in the NFL. So of course, last week, the Buffalo Bills had some players and uh, team personnel that weren't players, but you know, people in the organization that tested positive for COVID-19. Because positive tests kept coming in Uh, Last week's game between the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers was postponed and rescheduled. Therefore, essentially giving the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers a bye week in week four. Now, it seemed like that was going to be all fine and dandy because for, I believe, two days, we had no new positive test in Tennessee that has since changed the total number of positive tests in the Tennessee Titans organization is now up to 26 um, 11 being players 15 being uh, team personnel members and it's starting to put a lot of things in jeopardy now is the NFL season in jeopardy just yet no Okay, the sky isn't falling just yet, but you're starting to see some cracks. Um, there's only so much rescheduling that you can do, and that's what makes this very difficult. The NFL, I mean, as lucky as you can be for having to deal with this situation, the NFL was lucky that they were able to, to work out the Tennessee and Steelers game and was able to finagle the schedule around because that was a pretty easy fix because the the Ravens and the Steelers both had bye weeks in week eight. That's really the only reason that was an easy fix. But now, with more positive tests coming out, 
the Titans have now had to push back their game that was scheduled for originally this Sunday with the Buffalo Bills. That game is now being pushed to Tuesday. Which also means that the Buffalo Bills, who originally were scheduled to have a Thursday night game against the Chiefs, that Bills and Chiefs game has been pushed back to Sunday. And now the Bills are at a competitive disadvantage, having to play a game on Tuesday and then having to turn right around and play a game on Sunday against arguably the best team in football in the Kansas City Chiefs. There, the Bills are at a competitive disadvantage having to take on the Chiefs, all due to no faults of their own, all because of the Tennessee Titans. And I said this not too long ago when it first came out that the Titans were having positive tests and it seemed like there was a ten- there was an outbreak in, in, in Tennessee. And I said, if it's found out that these guys broke protocol, you know, that they were partying, they were doing some stuff they weren't supposed to, don't even bother rescheduling, just make them forfeit the games. Now, it's come out that they weren't necessarily partying or being completely irresponsible with the events leading up to the outbreak. However, the organization's inability to hold everything down during this outbreak. So the NFL and the NFOPA started doing um, some contact tracing and trying to figure out exactly where this got started. But they also started just doing a little investigation into, okay, were you all following the protocols? Because if you were, this outbreak should not have happened. Like 26 people should not end up, like if you follow the protocol, prime example, We've seen some other people in other organizations, they test positive. Apparently, those teams are following protocol. No one else in the organization has gotten it, right? You look at what happened. I believe Atlanta was the first team. I cannot remember the player's name, but Atlanta was the first team that had to put somebody during the season on the COVID exempt list. Since then, there have been no positive tests in Atlanta. You've seen New England. Cam Newton tested positive. All righty, he's got to go sit. Now, Patriots are in a little bit of a predicament as well because Stefan Gilmore has also tested positive, and he played that game against the Chiefs. Now, thankfully so far, there have been no positive tests for the Kansas City Chiefs organization. And other than Stefan Gilmore, there have been no further positive tests for the New England Patriots. But you see, any other organization that has had to deal with this seems like the protocol works. So what that tells you is someone in Tennessee was not following protocol. Someone was not doing what they were supposed to. And it could have been some people, not just someone. It's more, it's more than likely it's more than one person. And Tennessee has had this outbreak. Their facilities were shut down, and during this investigation, the NFL found out that literally a day after the Tennessee Titans facilities, training facilities, was closed down, a group of players from the Tennessee Titans went out and held their own private practice on a football field, at a high school football field. 
And now the Titans are facing serious consequences for that, as they should. And that's what I want to point out here. I understand, you know, and, and it's I understand that this is a pandemic. It's not something that you typically are ever really taught to deal with. It's not something you ever really expect to deal with in your lifetime. And so as a, as a NFL player, I understand how the NFL player in you, the football player says, okay, just because we don't have our facilities, that's not going to stop me from getting better. That's not going to stop me from making sure that I'm ready for when we do get back into the group of things so that way we can come out and still win games. I understand what they did makes sense as a football player. But as a human being, as just a regular person, you have have to have a little bit more common sense. If you all aren't allowed in the training facilities and multiple people are coming out testing positive in your organization, people that you've been around, admit like common sense would tell you I should probably stay home and isolate myself for the time being. I should be getting tested every day and I should isolate myself and make sure that one, I don't have it. And two, if I do have it, I'm not spreading it to anyone else. And three, I'm not exposing myself to anyone who might have it if I don't have it. So I don't want to pile on the Titans players too much because like I said, as a football player, it makes sense. I don't think they had any malicious intent when they went out to do this little kind of, it was a, a collection of about seven or eight Titans players that went out to have a, like a little uh, private private workout and a private uh, practice. But these are the things that you have to understand. Sometimes you're going to have to go against what your instinct tells you in these situations. Like I said, as a football player, your instinct is, okay, just because we don't have a facility to work out in doesn't mean I'm not going to go and work. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try and get better. So I understand it, but you have to take that part out of it. And because of this stuff, failure to follow protocol, um, meetings that that violated protocol and and league rules, Tennessee is going to be facing some huge ramifications coming forward. And you know, as much as I as much as it pains me to say it, it's what they deserve. You know, there have been talks of loss of draft picks there have been talks of fines there have been talks of making them forfeit as they should you know if i'm sorry if this game if some more positive tests come out from tennessee and this game against the bills has to be canceled at this point they should just start forcing tennessee to forfeit games because it's not fair to the rest of the league to the rest of the teams that have been following protocol that are now being punished and put at competitive disadvantages due to no fault of their own. Pittsburgh just had to loot. Pittsburgh just got a death sentence, not a death sentence, but Pittsburgh got one of the worst things you could possibly get as a football organization, which is a week four buy. No one in the NFL wants a buy week, week four. Everyone. Any, any NFL player, any coach, any general manager, anybody that knows NFL will tell you, if you are looking for a bye week, you want your bye week later on in the year. 
week eight, week nine, week 10, week 11. Week four, that's rough. Because now that means after that week, guess what? You got to play 13 weeks in a row, 13 straight weeks. Steelers are put at a competitive disadvantage. The Bills are now at a competitive disadvantage, having to have a quick turnaround, having to play a game Tuesday, possibly if this game is played, and then having to turn right around and play a game Sunday against the Chiefs. It's unfair. And like I said, at this point, if there are more positive tests that come out, they should just start forcing Tennessee to forfeit these games. And also... You can't do too much more finagling with this schedule. Like, yes, there's flexibility built into the schedule. Yes, you can always push the playoffs back, which is on the table. They've talked about possibly delaying the start of the uh, playoffs by a week or so and maybe implementing a sort of week 18 so that way teams that uh, had to reschedule or cancel games can make up those games that they missed in week 18. But all in all, this is going to be a tough fix. And like I said, it's all dependent upon what happens in Tennessee. If Tennessee keeps on coming out with more and more positive tests, if you're the NFL, you just have to tell them, hey, tough luck. There were protocols put in place. You all did not follow them. Sorry, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. So you all didn't follow protocol. Guess what? Here's the consequences. Fines, loss of draft picks, and you're going to forfeit every game that you all can't field. Because we're not about to start jeopardizing other teams' success just because you all messed up. It is a very, very, very sticky situation. Like I said, the roof, yeah, you know, the ceiling isn't falling just yet. The sky isn't falling just yet. But it's cracking. And they need the NFL needs to get a hold on this very, very, very quickly. Moving on from that, there was a football game played last night between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. And I thought the Bucks would come in after having a game where they that offense really looked to figure it out and get in sync against a good Chargers defense. Um, Tom Brady throwing for five touchdowns in that game, all that good stuff. This Bucks team came out and looked good early, got out to a 10-0 lead, and then from there on had to settle for field goals. And, you know, man, it we might have to start talking about Nick Foles, who did not have a great game, so to speak, you know, like neither neither quarterback neither offense has really performed well this this game. However, Nick Foles, we might start having to look at him like the Tom Brady killer. For whatever reason, Nick Foles. This is twice now because they've only played they've only played each other twice. This is twice now where Nick Foles has come in and gotten the better of a Tom Brady led team. Um. It's 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 insane. The bear. Uh, well, I guess I should go ahead and say the Bears won this game, twenty to nineteen. Uh, had a big second quarter where they were able to score fourteen points and then scored six in the fourth quarter. Um, 
And that Tampa Bay offense just couldn't get into a groove. I will say, if you are a Bucks fan, you do have a little bit of a gripe with the refs. The refs this game definitely seemed like they were giving – Chicago definitely seemed like they got all of the breaks in this game. Um, it seemed as if anytime that Bucks defense on third down made a stop, there was some sort of flag that gave them a first down. There was one there was one terrible roughing the passer uh penalty that kept drive alive for Chicago. And you know, that's rough because they were like Chicago was the Bears were backed up in their own um in their own territory. They were, I believe they were still losing at that point in the game. And there's an te- absolute, like, terrible roughing the passer call. And it keeps that drive alive, keeps them going. You know, if that's a situation where they, if, you know, that's an incomplete pass, they don't call that, they don't, you know, like, if you, if you don't throw the flag there, they're deep in their own territory. Tampa Bay is probably going to get the ball with good field position. They've got the momentum. Maybe they go ahead and score and then put this game away. Um, so if you are, if you, if, if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, you're a little upset right now. And you, I, I believe you do have a gripe with, uh, you do have a gripe with the refs after this one, but all in all, man, this, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, and I will say they are without some of their stars, you know, Chris Godwin did not play this game. Uh, Leonard Fournette did not play. Um, or I believe Leonard Fournette may have been active. I just don't believe he actually took any snaps. Um, OJ Howard obviously tore his Achilles last week against the chargers. He's going to be done for the season. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had one of his better performances. He finally seemed like he was on the team instead of just going out there and blocking. Um, but it's it's this is a little concerning if you're temp if if you're a Bucks fan. This is a game you should have won. This is a game you should have won. This Bears this Bears defense is good. I will give them that. But that Bears offense is not good. This is Nick Foles who's only playing in his second game as a starter for the Chicago Bears. And yes, it's a it's a it is a it is a system that he's familiar with. But still, this is a game if you're Tampa. This is a game you're favored. You should win this. If you want to be talked about in the NFC as one of the elites, if you want to have a shot at winning a championship, if you want to put yourself in the best position to do that, these are the type of games you have to win. And if you're the Chicago Bears, this is what, three times, I believe, this season where the Bears have, I mean, just had less than like a 5% uh, probability of winning the game going into the fourth quarter or something like that. And they pull out a win. They did it against Detroit. They did it against Atlanta. And now they've done it against Tampa Bay. Um, This Bears team, it's not always pretty, but they find a way to win games. They find a way to win games. The Chicago team does. Uh, So good for them. Four and one for the Bears. I don't think that's something any of us saw. Uh, Tampa Bay is three and two right now, still figuring things out. Um, Got to get healthy as well. I, I, Mike Evans obviously, was, I, I feel, was probably playing hurt. 
Um, no OJ Howard, like I said, no Leonard Fournette, no Chris Godwin. Uh, they got to get healthy. Um, but they also do have to figure some things out because that offense does not look good right now. Now, granted, again, I do feel like I did say to be patient with this Bucks team. I said this Bucks team won't really start hitting their stride offensively till about week six. Well, this is week five, which means next week, after that, no excuses. You all should be on the same page. You all should be like that. So, I don't, again, I don't think it's time to panic in Tampa Bay. Okay, last time you you lost you lost the opening game of the season and then won three in a row. So, who knows? That might mean another three game win streak is coming for you guys right now. Relax, breathe, don't flip out too much. Understand that this team is still getting used to each other. Uh, there was, however, I will say this. There was some moments. There were some moments where Tom Brady looked lost. Specifically at the end of the game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a, are driving to try and get in the field goal range uh, to take the lead back and end the game. And Tom Brady, uncharacteristically, seems to, I guess, just lose in his head what down they are on. Because Tom Brady throws a pass and it's incomplete. You know, on fourth down, it's a turnover on downs. And Tom Brady is sitting there with a four up to the ref saying, no, it's fourth down now. Tom Brady completely forgot what down it was, which is something you've never seen out of him. Um, so it's it's interesting. Now, I did say this before. This Bruce Arians offense is one that everyone, almost every quarterback that has been Bruce in Bruce Arians offense, they struggle in year one. Carson Palmer threw a whole bunch of picks his first year. Jameis Winston threw a whole bunch of picks in his first year with Bruce Arians. It kind of happens. You know, it's it's a tough it's tough because it, it's pushing the ball down the field. It's taking some gambles. It's taking risk and all that stuff, which Brady has never really been great at. So it's expected. But mental errors like that are just things that we've never seen out of Tom. I think that's partly because of just being frustrated that he feels this offense isn't playing to the level that they should be. Um but I believe that they're going to figure it out. Uh, it's just they need to figure it out quick if they want to be real contenders and have a shot at winning this, uh, winning a Super Bowl this year and making some noise in the NFC. But so with that game, my record as far as picks go, which was 35, 11, and 1, it's now 35, 12, and 1. And now. I'm going to make the rest of the picks for the rest of the games. And let's do it. So first up, this Sunday, Philadelphia Eagles at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Pittsburgh, by the way, did, or uh, the state of Pennsylvania did pass new regulations that, uh, Stadiums and things like that can start operating and having fans. So you might see some Steeler fans 
uh, in the stands these next couple of weeks. I believe they said that they can have up to 15,000 people uh, in the stands at a given time. Um, so good news for those teams. We'll see who shows up. We'll see what happens there. If that makes any difference as far as a home field advantage, I don't think it really will, but we'll see. Um, but you got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this isn't the bias in me. I think the Steelers are one of the best teams in the AFC. I think that defense is the best defense in the league. Um, and Philadelphia, let's just be completely honest. The Philadelphia Eagles got their first one of the season against the 49ers, but just for context, Jimmy Garoppolo did not play in that game. Debo Samuels did not play in that game. Richard Sherman did not play in that game. Nick Bosa did not play in that game. Solomon Thomas didn't play in that game. Raheem Mostert didn't play in that game. You were out there going up against a lot of backups, a lot of second and third string 49ers out there. So yeah, congrats, Philly. You got the win. You didn't really beat the 49ers. The Steelers are healthy coming off of a bye week, which I think they are upset about. I think that defense is going to come out and be frustrated because they wanted that matchup against Tennessee because you that's kind of a litmus test for you. You know, you look at Tennessee and you say, okay, Tennessee's a good team. They're in our they're in our conference. It's kind of a measuring stick to be like, okay, we can see where we stack up after playing against a team like this. They missed out on that opportunity. I think they're upset that their bye week had to be moved and that they were forced to kind of be in this position. Uh, I think that they're going to come out with a very angry attitude. Um, I think that defense smothers Carson Wentz, uh, who is still devoid of weapons. Uh, That offensive line is not good at all. And that Philadelphia Eagles defense has not been spectacular either. Um, I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this game. Next, you have the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. This is a tough game to pick. This is a tough game to pick because the Panthers now looked pretty good against Arizona. I believe the Panthers are on a two-game winning streak right now, and the Falcons have lost four in a row. Two games where they have absolutely blown fourth-quarter leads. They're completely – I feel like they're demoralized, but at the same time, there's still a lot of talent on this Atlanta Falcons roster, specifically on the offensive side. Now, I will say, watching what the Carolina Panthers offense was able to do against the Arizona Cardinals defense, which isn't a great defense, is a little concerning if you're a Falcons fan because the Falcons defense has been pretty bad this year as well. Um, They don't really seem like they can stop anything at this point, specifically in the pass. However, the Panthers don't necessarily really like to, they don't want to pass too much. You know, right now they don't have the weapons. I I think that they would want to really sling it around the way Joe, uh, Joe Brady does Um, the offensive coordinator there and Matt, excuse me, not Matt rule, uh, Joe judge. No, Matt rule. Sorry. (laughs) I got my court, got my head coaches mixed up, Uh, but Matt rule and Joe judge are not Joe judge, Joe Brady. Goodness gracious. Getting guys mixed up, but I think that they're not quite there just yet, but um, you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Falcons on this one. I think the Falcons are better than what they've shown. I think that offense is still really, really, really good, and I think if that offense can get off to a hot start and force Carolina to try and play catch up, I think that favors Atlanta. I think that's what happens. I'm going to take the Falcons to win this, but this is a, it's going to be a tough game. 
Uh, Raiders and Chiefs. Raiders are a pretty decent team. The Chiefs just look like the best team in the NFL. It's nothing really to discuss here. It's nothing against uh, Las Vegas. Love the new stadium you guys have. It looks really cool. But uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and do what Patrick Mahomes does. That offense is damn near unstoppable, and that defense is playing really good. Steve Spagnuolo has that defense humming right now. They're playing well on literally all phases of the, of the game. Uh, Kansas City. Next up, the Cardinals and the Jets. So I'm a little upset with the Cardinals because the Cardinals cost me a little bit of money. Uh, had a little bit of a had a had a four team parlay bet that I made, and the Cardinals absolutely wet the bet against the Panthers last week. Um, however, this is still the New York Jets, and the New York Jets are the worst team in football. The Cardinals defense scares me because that defense just looked absolutely putrid against Carolina and against Detroit. Uh, however, I do think the Cardinals, they're on a two-game losing streak. They want to get back in the win column. And I don't know if there's a better team to try and get right against than the Jets. You know, the Jets are kind of a team where it's like, all righty, this is our get-right game. You're in a skid. You got the Jets coming up. It's like, okay, this is our game. We can come out. We can get this win and start feeling good about ourselves. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game. Hopefully, they don't, they don't prove me wrong. Next up, Rams at uh, Rams at Washington. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, man, they've played pretty good football this year. Um, Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league and is arguably the best player in all of football. That offense is looking really good. Um, Jared Goff is playing well. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Henderson, like they've, they, it's it's that offensive line also has gotten healthy, like. Sean McVay knows what he's doing over there in Los Angeles. Uh, the Rams are going to be just fine. Washington uh, is starting Kyle Allen for whatever reason, and that's also something I do want to talk about very briefly. Why the hell is Dwayne Haskins being benched? Please, somebody, look at me. Dwayne Haskins has played less than 30 games as a starter combined from college to and in the NFL, he played 13. Yes, he started 13 games in college and has started 12 games in the NFL. He's young. He's inexperienced. He's going to go through some lumps. But he has played well this year. Hell, he played well last year, especially towards the end. He was giving teams real problems. Dwayne Haskins can be a really, really, really damn good quarterback. But for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason. It's because he's black and people give up on black quarterbacks way faster than they give up on white quarterbacks. Hint, hint, Dwayne Haskins is being benched, but for some reason, Nathan Peterman is still in the league. Anywho, Dwayne Haskins is going to be benched. Kyle Allen is playing. And my question is, what is Dwayne Haskins supposed to do? What is Dwayne Haskins supposed to do with this offense? This offense that really their only weapon, as far as wide receiver goes, is Terry McLaurin. Tight ends aren't anything special. Don't have any real depth at the wide receiver possession. Your running back room isn't that impressive either because for whatever reason, you all let Adrian Peterson go. And then Darius Geis, one, had ACL problems and couldn't stay on the field. And then when he wasn't on the field, he was beating his girlfriend. So please tell me, and oh, by the way, that that uh, that Washington offensive line isn't anything to really boast about either. So please tell me how in the world Dwayne Haskins was supposed to succeed in this situation. I hope 
that they let. I hope they trade him. I hope he gets out of Washington. Washington is a poverty franchise. They are bottom of the barrel. Dan Snyder's trash. Washington is trash. They will be that way for quite some time. And Dwayne Haskins deserves so much better. I hope. Hey, Pittsburgh. Ben's last. This is probably Ben's last year. If Dwayne Haskins is on the trade block, or we can get him sometime at the end of the season or at the start of next season, please, for the love of God, make that trade because I would love to have Dwayne Haskins in a Pittsburgh uniform. That being said, Rams by like 17. The Rams are going to absolutely steamroll Washington. Next up is the Bengals and Ravens game. This is a sneaky good game, man. Joe Burrow is special. Joe Burrow is the real deal. I think Cincinnati, you all have to be super excited. You all got one. Now, the question for Cincinnati is, can you protect him? Cincinnati is going to lose this game. Baltimore is going to win. But I think they're going to be competitive. I think that they're going to keep it close. And the main thing for Cincinnati is you have your quarterback. And also, you have the weapons around him. You have A.J. Green. You still have Tyler Boyd. You drafted T. Higgins, right? You have Joe Mixon, one of the most underrated running backs in the league behind him. You have weapons around him to be successful. Shore up that front line and give him time, protect him. And Cincinnati is going to be really good for a really long time. Joe Burrow is special. Um, I think that I think he's going to have an outstanding performance against Baltimore. I think that they're going to give Baltimore a little bit more than Baltimore can chew at times. Uh, I do think Baltimore will win this game, but it'll be closer than what some people think. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Houston Texans. Uh, I thought the Houston Texans would get their first one of the season last week against the Minnesota Vikings. It did not happen. I don't see them going 0-5, especially not to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, granted, yes, they did get that lucky win early on in the year where they kind of probably caught the Colts napping. Colts probably didn't really take them seriously and got that win. Um, I don't think that happens. I think Houston is laser-focused. Also, Houston finally did the right thing of firing Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was a terrible head coach, and he was an even worse general manager. Um, They finally made that right decision to move on from him. I think that's actually going to be something that kind of invigorates this team because now they feel like, okay, the the funk of Bill O'Brien is no longer hanging over us. Now we can actually play football. Now we can stop having to worry about him and his ineptability. Uh, Houston, and then also just Houston is a better team. This is a game that they should win against Jacksonville. Um, I think the fact that Houston's only a five and a half point favorite is a little ridiculous. I understand that they're 0-4, but Deshaun Watson is there. Brandon Cooks, that's, we need to put up, like, you want to talk about MIA, where has Brandon Cooks been? You made that trade for him, you gave up DeAndre Hopkins, and you went and tried to alleviate the loss of DeAndre Hopkins and traded for Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks has not done a, da- done a damn thing this whole season. I would know because I have Brandon Cooks in like two or three of my fantasy leagues. And he's been riding the pine for about four weeks now. <laughs> so Brandon Cooks has to get it together. They have to get that chemistry together. But this is a game the Texans should win. Uh, next up, the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, another game... Miami could eke this one out just because of how banged up San Francisco is, but I don't see it happening. I think Kyle Shanahan is not going to allow this team to lose uh, two games in a row, especially not to teams that aren't necessarily that great. 
uh, his Miami Dolphins team. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to be the quarterback. Uh, no disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he is phenomenal. Tua Tagovailoa, I believe it. It looks like they're going to keep sitting him, which I believe is the right move. Um, but this is just a game. The 49ers should win, even if they do have a couple of backups in there. This is a game that they should win. Colts at Browns. This is a really close game. Um, however, I'm going to take the Colts. I think that Colts defense will be able to stifle uh, this Browns offense that has looked really good these past couple of weeks. Um, I don't think that you're going to have that explosion of points like you did against Dallas for Cleveland. Um, and also on the flip side of this, Cleveland's defense is a little suspect as well. I think Phillip Rivers will finally be able to have an opportunity to really sling it. Uh, he's going to he's gonna try and take advantage of the fact that this Cleveland Browns secondary is not uh, phenomenal and that they have played pretty lackluster this season. I'm going to take the Colts, but this is a very close one. This is a tough game to pick. I'm going to take the Colts, though. Uh, New York Giants at the Cow- at the Dallas Cowboys. This is this is one of those situations where it's like something has to give. Dallas's defense is terrible, but on the flip side, the New York Giants' offense is atrocious. Who is going to win the matchup of the worst? That's really all this is. Um, I think Dallas is a lot more talented than the Giants are. I'm going to pick Dallas. This is a game that they should win. Again, they should win, but you never know with Dallas. That defense in Dallas is so terrible. They're giving up 37 points per game. That is unspeakably bad. Um, So they got a lot of things to fix over there, but Giants don't really have a good offense. Their defense is okay. It's not great by any real measure, but I'm going to take Dallas. I think that offense will be able to make things happen. Um, again, it's that's a game where if you're Dallas, you want to start fast. Start fast, get yeah, start fast, score first. You know, go up maybe yeah, get up fourteen to nothing on the Giants and force uh, force Daniel Jones to play kind of catch up because that's not really his game, especially with them not having uh, Saquon Barkley. They did sign Devontae Freeman, but this is a game Cowboys should win, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. Vikings at Seahawks. I almost want to go with the upset here. I don't know why. Something is kind of telling me the Vikings are going to win this game. There's something, I don't know what it is, there's something that in the back of my mind is just saying pick Minnesota. But I'm not going to listen to the voices in my head because I know that Russell Wilson has been the MVP of this season so far. Russell Wilson is absolutely tearing it up. I understand that that Seattle Seahawks defense needs to get better, uh, especially against the pass. However, luckily for you all, Kirk Cousins isn't that great of a quarterback either. (laughs) So again, we'll see if Kirk Cousins is able to take uh, advantage of a secondary that isn't playing well in Seattle right now. But Russell Wilson, I just, I just don't see anyone stopping him. He's been phenomenal this year. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle in this game. However, I will not. I will say this. I'm going to pick Seattle to win. I will not be surprised if Minnesota pulls out the upset, but I'm still I'm still putting money on Seattle. Next. Monday night, Denver Broncos and New England Patriots. Um This is a tough one too because it it doesn't seem like Cam Newton is going to play this game either. You're going to play without Cam Newton. You're going to also play without Stefan Gilmore, who is your best defensive player, former defensive player of the year. Um, I mean, just absolutely a phenomenal uh, corner. 
But this Denver Broncos team also is dealing with injury. Uh, Philip Lindsay may or may not be coming back this game. Cortland Sutton is done for the year. Von Miller is still gone. And it's still questionable. It's seeming like it's about 50-50 whether or not Drew Locke will come back. But even with all of that, I'm still going to pick the Patriots. I think that Bill Belichick is going to have this defense ready. Yeah, and Bill I trust. It's hard to bet against Bill. Um, So I'm going to take the Patriots to win that one. Chargers and Saints. The Chargers announced that Justin Herbert will be the starter moving forward. And I almost want to say that that gives them the edge, and I want to pick the Chargers. It's another situation, just like the Minnesota-Seattle game. Something is in the back of my head telling me, hey, bet, bet bet on the Chargers. Chargers, like something in the back of my mind is telling me, Chargers, Again, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to stick steadfast to my original belief. The Saints should win this game. I think that defense can play better than they've shown this year at times. Um, I think that offense, now granted, I do think that Drew Brees is, Father Time is finally starting to win its match against Drew Brees. However, with Alvin Kamara playing the way that he is, it almost doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara has been absolutely phenomenal this year. He's a candidate for Offensive Player of the Year for sure. Um, I'm going to take the Saints to win this one. And then, of course, the postponed game that is right now scheduled to take place on Tuesday is the Bills and Titans. Um, I think the Titans have just, with everything going on, I think it's just going to be tough to really get ready for a game. Whereas Buffalo, Buffalo looks really good. They're on a four-game win streak. Josh Allen is another individual who he looks like he's going to come out there and absolutely sling it. Um, Josh Allen has been amazing this year. He's another one. Again, MVP conversation. He's in it. Stephon Diggs has been phenomenal for the Bills. That Bills defense has played well. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. And then, of course, the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions both have bye weeks this week, so those two will not be playing. But it's going to be super interesting to see how this all plays out. Got got some very interesting matchups this week, man. Very interesting matchups. But moving on to the NBA. The finals might be coming to a close tonight, and LeBron James just might win his fourth ring with his third team. Game five, Heat, all right. Lakers are up 3-1. Heat have their backs against the wall. And the Lakers, smelling blood in the water, looking to close it out, have opted to wear their Kobe Bryant-dedicated Black Mamba jerseys for game five, which, if you have been paying attention, the Lakers have not lost a single game when they play. I believe they've played in those jerseys five times in the bubble. They have not lost when wearing those jerseys. So everything tells you that the Lakers are looking to close this out, win a ring, and bring this fantastic NBA bubble postseason to an end. However, however, I said... Lakers in six. And I thought 
Miami would be able to win two games against this Lakers squad. I'm going to stick to my belief. I think the Lakers lose their first game in the Black Mamba jerseys tonight. I think that if you're Miami, if you're Miami, that's the thing. It's it's You know you can beat this team because the Lakers have shown they can't really stop Miami offensively. I think last game, Jimmy Butler was a little bit too tentative. I think he, Jimmy Butler, I feel like, gets caught in that situation where he's not sure if he needs to be a facilitator and needs to worry about getting other guys going and trying to make great plays for everyone else. Or am I supposed to be scoring right now? And I think for them to win this game, Jimmy's going to have to be a scorer. He's going to have to find a good balance of getting guys involved. But when he has one-on-ones, he has to take it. Too many times I've seen Jimmy Butler driving to the basket only to pass. Jimmy, you're strong. You can finish at the rim and also put pressure on the refs to make calls. When you had that 40-point triple-double, you went to the line like 18 times that game. So... Jimmy has to come out. He has to be aggressive. I think he will. Um, And then also this Miami team, you know, they got to rebound. That's the big thing with them. If they go out and let Anthony Davis just absolutely cook them. Yeah, if Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard are just absolutely bodying up and getting physical, grabbing offensive rebounds, giving the Lakers second chance points, it's going to be a no contest. If the Heat can put that effort get a couple rebounds, limit the Lakers. And also, Duncan Robinson has to start showing what we know him to be as far as being a great three-point shooter. Duncan Robinson has not played particularly great this series. Um, he has to he has to get hot. Tyler Hero has to start. Uh, Tyler Hero has been phenomenal all postseason. Um, he has to... He has to be a little bit better. Bam, Bam Adebayo has to do a better job of trying to stay on Anthony Davis and making Anthony Davis work, getting physical with him. Um, but like I said, I originally I said Lakers in six. I'm going to stick to my pick. I think Miami wins two games. I think Miami gets the W tonight. Now, moving on from NBA – We talked pro football. Let's talk a little bit of college football real quick. If you are a college football fan, you got to like what you're getting out of the schedules this week. This Saturday is going to be jam-packed with a ton of top 25 matchups. You have a ton of teams that are playing against each other that are going to be really good. Uh, You got the Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, sorry. Virginia Tech, who's currently ranked at 19, uh, is going to take on UNC. Uh, UNC, who's currently ranked at eight. You have the fourth-ranked Florida Gators taking on uh, Texas A&M, who's ranked 21. You got Tennessee, who's ranked at 14, going up against UGA, who's ranked third. And then, of course, the big game, the ACC matchup of Miami versus Clemson. Miami being ranked seventh. Clemson being ranked first. Clemson looks like they are here to do work. Clemson has been phenomenal all season. Trevor Lawrence looks like he wants to win one more championship before he heads out for the NFL, and I believe they will do it. But if you are a college football fan, you've got some really great matchups, really great matchups this week. Um, That Tennessee-UGA game is going to be interesting. 
Uh, I think Florida, t- Texas A&M is going to be fun. Like, all of these games are going to be fun to watch. But Miami and Clemson is obviously the one that everyone's going to have their eye on. And it's funny, Miami, there was a, a, a stat going out that Miami has done a really great job of forcing turnovers. However, for whatever reason, they don't cash in on those turnovers. They've done a great job of forcing turnovers and things like that, but for whatever reason, they've struggled to make points out of those turnovers. If they want to have a chance to beat Clemson, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. If you want to beat Clemson, you have to force, okay? You have to force some turnovers. And if you get those turnovers, you have to cash in because Clemson is not going to give you a lot of turnovers. They're not going to make a lot of miscues. And trust me, Trevor Lawrence is going to put points on the board. So, like I said, some great matchups, man. Some really, really, really great matchups going around this college football season. Specifically this week, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those games tomorrow. Lastly, before we get out of here, we got the MLB. And... I just want us to all gather and just pray on the Houston Astros' downfall. The Houston Astros have been completely insufferable this entire, like just this throughout this entire fiasco of dealing with the um, the cheating scandal and all this stuff. They have been, like I said, just absolutely abhorrent in the way that they've behaved and how they've talked and how they kind of made it seem like, oh, we would we didn't need to cheat and we would have won either way. They've had absolutely no remorse. It's been pretty damn despicable, if you ask me. However, in this shortened MLB season, the Houston Astros find themselves heading to an AL Conference Finals. You know, like I said, I just, I just, I really, 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 really want us to all just gather around and just really pray on their downfall. I do not want to see these Astros win another World Series. If they go out there and win another World Series in this shortened season, right, they're going to go out there and feel like, oh, you know, we, we're, we're validated and we showed you all we could win. And they're going to talk so much trash. They're going to be even more insufferable. They got off easy with this whole cheating scandal. They should have been stripped of their title. They should have been stripped of their stats. They should have had postseason bans. They should have been fired. People should have been fined. So much should have happened to the Houston Astros, and it didn't. And the worst thing in the world would be if they turn around and win a World Series. So, collectively, we need to all get in a huddle, sing Kumbaya, you know, burn some, some epith- <clears throat> excuse me, burn some voodoo dolls or whatever we need to do to make sure these Houston Astros do not win. Because I, for one, there's no team in baseball that I hate more right now than the Houston Astros. Uh, the Houston Astros are waiting to see who will who their matchup will be in the AL Conference Finals in the Conference Series. Uh, the Marlins and the Yankees will be ending their series. 
tonight, actually, at 7, uh, a little past 7, 7 p.m. tonight, uh, we will have the answer as to who the Houston Astros will be taking on in the conference series. On the NL side, National League side, you have Braves and Dodgers. And, you know, shout out to the Braves. They've played well. They got to this point. The Atlanta sports curse is real, though, so we will see what happens. <laughs> I am a firm believer that Atlanta sports teams are cursed, um, and somehow, some way, things go wrong for Atlanta sports team right when you think that they have a shot of winning winning the whole thing. So, originally, I said Yankees and Dodgers would be the World Series matchup. I picked the Yankees to win in that matchup, so I have to ride with the Yankees tonight. Uh, I will definitely be riding with the Yankees against the Houston Astros, and then we will see what happens. But baseball is almost coming to an end. All these sports, man, they're, they're coming to an end, sadly. You know, It's been so much fun having just nonstop sports on every day, but starting to come to an end. And also, I wanted to say before we get out of here, just saw this pop up. The New York Jets have been sent home after a positive... COVID-19 test. So we got to see what happens with that Jets game now. Uh, This COVID situation, man, it's tough. It's tough to navigate through. It's tough to deal with. Um, Hopefully it's only one person. Hopefully there's only one positive test. Hopefully everyone else is safe. Um, And for those that have been afflicted by COVID this season, I hope that you all get, get healthy, uh, that it's, it's, that you don't suffer any, uh, tragic illnesses or lingering effects that you all get past this and beat it and are able to get back to your everyday lives and whatnot. But that just popped up across the ticker there. I saw that. So COVID man, it's, it's, it's laying the smack down on the NFL right now. We're going to see if they're, they'll get a handle on it. Who knows? But that's all I got for you guys today, man. Thank you all so much for listening. You all are the best. Um, if you like this episode, Tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, spread the word, spread the good word about instant replay. And if you didn't like this episode, then just act like it did not happen. Um, But yeah, thank you all so much for your support. You all are amazing. And as always, I leave you all with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So let's go out there, make some new haters. I'll see you guys Tuesday.